0: The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'm your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. If you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas, this is a great place for you to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, Mortgage Broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. J.P. Sella is insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my honor being your host here now for four years uh, on CFAX on weekends. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. I've handled uh, hundreds of transactions, uh, over 2,500 at last count, uh, here in our fair city. Uh, I'm proud to be ranked as one of the top Remax agents in Western Canada. I would be pleased to help you as well too. You can find me and the rest of the whole Home Show team members on the cfax1070.com website. Look under shows and you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there. If you'd like to reach out to any of our whole home show team uh, or myself, or of course you could always just reach out to me and I'd be happy to introduce or connect you. Uh, Visit my website. It's the prime real estate team, primeteam.ca or just Google Tony Joe, real estate, Tony Joe, real estate. Uh, I should be the only person that you bump into there. Uh, it's the start of the new year. This is actually our first recorded episode of 2022, and it is uh, so great to be back here uh, for yet another exciting uh, year. And I like starting the year off uh, almost kind of like an anniversary episode because our guest uh, today are talking about your property assessment. Of course, you would have received your assessment in the mail. And there's been a lot of media about how much higher assessments are right now. But what does it really mean? What does it mean to you? Does it mean that your taxes are going up? And does it mean that's what your house is really worth? Well, we're going to find out today. Our guests, and uh, again, it's an anniversary day because five years ago today, these guys were on this program. They were my First guest, my first time on CFAX five years ago uh, on this program. Uh, anyways, uh, Amanda Mills, Mills Appraisal Group. We'll be talking about appraisals and how properties are uh, evaluated. We have Denise Webster, who, of course, is our show partner and sponsor. Uh, She is a mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, She's going to be talking about how uh, assessment plays into an application for mortgage, whether it's a remortgage uh, or for a brand new mortgage on a purchase. Uh, And then finally, Peter Morris. Peter is the author of a book, which you can find online. It's How to Successfully Appeal your BC property assessment, a how-to guide for British Columbia homeowners. Uh, I have read this book, by the way. Uh, There's some great stuff in it. And one of the questions that you're going to be asking yourself is, should I appeal my assessment? Well, Peter's going to be telling us a little bit later uh, today as to whether or not it's a good idea, whether or not it's worth it for you to spend your time to do so. So looking forward to this episode, it is a a sort of recap and, and it's one that I love doing every January in the year. Now, what I do want to talk about uh, today is a little recap as to what has happened out there in the real estate market. Of course, you know, we are in a new year right now. You want to know what happened in 2021. And again, if you've been listening to our program uh, every week or if you've been reading the media, you know that property values are up. Yeah, sure. You know, the market is busy. Who'd have thought, you know, with this pandemic, Uh, We were all afraid. Uh, It was, you know, when the pandemic came, March, April, 2020, uh, you know, what was happening? What was going to go on? Our numbers plummeted in the month of uh, uh, April of 2020, uh, but it came back and it came back hot and heavy. So I'll tell you folks, we ended up with uh, in 2021 with 10,052 sales. Now, what does that mean to you guys? Well, let's just put it to you this way. That is the second biggest year in number of sales uh, in our entire history since we've been recording. I'm looking right now at a chart, and I can send you this information if you're interested, if you want the information from the Victoria Real Estate Board. It is all there. It's in the public domain. None of this is secret. From 1990 to 2021... 10,052 is the second highest number following 2016. You guys remember how busy 2016 was? That was a super busy year. It had 10,600. So we were down just less than 500 sales. It's significant because when you look at the rest of the sales for all of the rest of the 30 years, it tends to hover around 7,000. You know, some years were 5,500, almost half of what we did. Uh, in 2021, uh, or uh, 6,000, 8,000. The third biggest year, by the way, was the year that I was licensed, 1991, and that was 9,200. So this is telling us something. This is telling us that the demand is there. Uh, Of course, people often ask, where are these people coming from? Well, I have, I maintain, and anyone who's out there who sells real estate or is dealing with uh, buyers and sellers, mortgage brokers, lawyers, any of these guys, they will tell you the majority of sales come from local Victorians. These are people that move from one place to the next. They leave the rental market and they become a first-time buyer. Yes, by the way, folks, they exist. I know what you're thinking. Oh, well, property values are up 27%. How can anyone uh, buy? Well, they have been, we have served a number of first time home. Bar. We always do, but this year we did as well too. low interest rates help that. And of course, that's a whole other story altogether. Um, yes, there remains the influence of people moving from other parts of the country. So from the uh, GTA, the greater Toronto area, the lower mainland, Vancouver, they are definitely migrating over here to Victoria. Um, so the number of sales and the demand is high. Now, there's a problem, and the problem has been, and it's been this way for a while the number of listings, the number of active listings. Uh, we had we finished off December with 652 listings. Now, what does that mean? This is this is your number of choices. What are how many things can you choose from? Uh, and I I will tell you this. That's not a lot. That is not a lot of listings. Um, When we look at uh, calendar years, right? When we look at the rest of the time, there have not, you know, we are typically 2,000. 3,000 listings at around this time. So we are hovering at around a quarter of where we should be. When you look at the stats, it tells you that we're down 49% from last year. But that's just comparing us to what was already a low inventory. But last year, the year before, sorry, 2020, we were at a low inventory point already because you know people haven't been putting their properties in the market, afraid of COVID. Uh, or the other half of it is People, and this may be you when you're listening, you want to move, but you don't want to put your property in the market until you find something to buy. And if there's no inventory out there, that's a very difficult proposition because what happens if you put your house in the market and it sells and you can't find a home? Then all of a sudden you're faced with the prospect of being homeless. Nobody wants to be homeless. That's why inventory levels are low, folks. That combined with the fact that This has really proven that we have fallen behind as a region for years with building new inventory and new stock. We cannot provide supply fast enough for what is being taken up. You know, if you've been looking for a car recently, or if you've been looking for an appliance, you've all been dealing with this whole supply chain shortage issue. It's no different in real estate. And it is especially worse with new construction because they are dealing with not only the delays and the time it takes to build something, but also those supply chain issues like windows, glass, appliances, uh, lumber, all of those fun things. And I want to wrap up our little chat right now with prices. The average sale price for houses ended up uh, last year uh, in December. Average price for a detached single-family home in Victoria, $1.3 million. I know it sounds like a lot of money. It is. We've been over a million dollars for the entire year and pretty well half of last year as well, too. That's where we're at right now. Victoria is the third most expensive real estate in the country. It is hard. Affordability is difficult. 100%. Absolutely. But it's because people want to be here. And that's why we're at where we're at. If you have any questions about the market, you want to chat a little bit further, always reach out to me. I'd be happy to chat. Need to take our first break here though. But when we come back, we'll be chatting about property assessments and how they affect you. Back in a moment.
0: You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe. Of course, we always have this nice little present in our mailbox the first week of January. Of course, that is your property tax assessment. And this is, this is the number that your municipality is going to use to determine your share of property taxes. Now, it's been an interesting year because, of course, we've seen a lot of growth uh, post-pandemic. And that even in the past couple of months, values have gone up. And we've had a lot more calls, a lot more interest out there in social media than I remember seeing before about, oh my goodness, our tax assessment is up so high. Our taxes are going to go up and so on and so forth. So we have... Uh, on our program today, three guests, and I'm going to call them our regulars because we've been getting together for five years here at this program, but we're starting off with Amanda Mills. Amanda is with Mills Appraisal Group, uh, and I've known Amanda for many, many years. Amanda, thanks for coming back.
2: Thanks, Tony. It's good to be here, Jen.
1: Of course, your role is as an appraisal uh, appraiser, so when somebody is buying a home, banks call, And then uh, you often go in and you appraise the property. So you establish value. So let's talk about what an appraiser does.
2: Well, typically we are appraising a property for the banks. So that when they give a mortgage or a line of credit, they know that the value is there in the physical property. Um, That's the majority of the reason that we do appraisals. We do appraisals for a number of other reasons too, for tax purposes, for establishing primary residency. If someone has not lived in the house for a period of time. We do it for probate, of course, so date of death, appraisals. We do it, unfortunately, for marital separations um, and estate planning, people wanting to know what their portfolio is worth so that they can then go ahead with their um, planning with their children. But primarily it's for for lending purposes. And uh, what we do is we, we go into the house, we do a physical inspection, et cetera. Um, quite detailed these days, very detailed. And we're trying to establish what the value, what the house would sell for at that particular point in time, i.e. when we are doing the inspection. Um, And so we rely on real estate stats. We're members of the Victoria Real Estate Board. Um, We rely on data that we get privately. So we're looking at what did other properties sell for that would be similar to the one that we're appraising. And we try to do it within a narrow period of time. The banks really want it within the last 30 days, sorry, the last three months of sales. And I have to say in this past year, that has become increasingly more difficult because as you know, Tony, being a realtor, um, there aren't enough listings on the market. (laughs) And so the buyers, there's a, large pool of buyers with a very small inventory so there is a red hot market and there are competitive um, offers on properties and we've seen instances in the past year certainly the latter part of 2021 where properties were selling for anywhere upwards of 200,000 300,000 over list price
1: nor I'm no reason sometimes right
2: no, no. Well, my first action is call the realtor and find out <laughs> how many offers were there on that property and why did it sell for so much more than the list price?
1: Actually, I'm glad you bring um, that up because you've done that with me many times over the years uh, mm-hmm. when, when you call up and say, well, okay, what happened? And, you know, of course we can't divulge everything, but I mean, it's helpful for you to know, was there three offers? Was there 13 offers? You know, it really paints a, a, um, a picture to the lender about why it sold that much higher, right?
2: Yeah, um, and that's, that's information that we need because it's showing that there's pressure um, on that price. And we have to, we're trying to validate it in a way, but we're also trying to say, where really is the market? Um, and in an instance where we've got competing offers um, I state that in the report and I say that this is an unusual time. There were X number of offers on the, on the property which elevated the eventual sale price well above the list price. Mm-hmm. And I also say that this shows what the market is willing to tolerate but it is um, undue stimulus in a way. Mm-hmm. But um, in the end, The definition of fair market value, I come back to this every year when we have this problem, is what is a willing seller and a willing buyer, given fair exposure to the market, willing to settle for in Canadian dollars. So, if you've got 15 people wanting to make an offer on that property and they're ratcheting up their offer every time, that shows there's a market tolerance for this eventual sale
1: price. Well, it's just the same as, you know, you look at uh, whatever fine art or collector cars when they go to auction, you know, the question is how, why did it sell for that much? Well, it's because there was a number of people that were, that were clamoring for it, fighting for it. And it drove the price up. And that's, that's where we're left with right now in the real estate business as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's, it's very challenging, but I'd say that the um, when it comes down to us dealing with comparable sales, because we have to deal with at least three other competing um, properties sales, um, and in these days, I deal with more than three, because um, I'm trying to get a benchmark of where is the market. Um, when you have very few listings available, you therefore have very few sales overall, and um, we're trying to reach out we have to sometimes go well outside the local market not local market but outside the neighborhood um and And, you just make adjustments yeah and make adjustments accordingly yes and, and rationalize your adjustments too
1: yeah okay so now the reason why we're having this conversation especially with amanda here is you know we're talking about property assessments today and this is where, you know, people often go, well, it says my, my assessment is now $1.3 million. So um, does that mean that's what my house is worth? Now, an assessment is very different from an appraisal because one of the first things that you led with, Amanda, was saying you physically view the property. So you actually have gone in and had a look at the property. You, can, you, you get a, a sense of the attributes, you know. Uh, the exposure, how it feels, you know, uh, how it's presented, how it smells, right? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that's a factor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as we're going to talk about with our other guests afterwards, you see, the assessment is very different, because they, they don't typically have this this visitation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the other thing too, is you, because this is your business, you, it's very often where when you are choosing a comparable, you've actually seen that comparable. Like you you saw that one a month ago or two months ago or, or whatever, right? That's often the case, yes. Yeah.
2: Um, and that's, that, that's, that's a very interesting point because we are coming into the second year of COVID-19 and in the early stages of it, we did not go into properties. Yeah. Um, we had to rely on other means of getting to know that property. And that was by um, video by photographs, by talking to the realtor, by talking to the owner. But I have to say, and and that was the industry standard in early days of COVID that we did not enter, appraisers did not enter um, for their own safety and for the owner's safety. Um, It does not replace what you just said, the look, the feel, the smell of a place, Mm -hmm. because you're absorbing your information through all your senses. And I have to say that it's so important to physically be in a place. Um, so I, I now, of course, I'm going to do most properties, except when someone doesn't want you to go in because of their risk factor. Well, But, but, the, um,
1: but the important thing is, is, you know, this whole question of value. What does the value mean? You know what's, it's so funny, you know, especially with assessment, uh, people will use that assessment number based on their current need, right? So- it's, oh, well, I'm afraid I, I, you know, my tax will be high. I want my assessment to be low. Uh, but when I'm selling my house, I want it to be high because it looks better. Right. Yes. There's, but there's no rhyme, no reason. And, and uh, I always laugh, you know, when we see those uh, real estate ads that say, oh, priced below assessed value or, or whatever. But it really means, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing
2: no we we of course know what the assessed value is yeah. and and now in early january we have access to what the new assessment is uh remember that the assessment is done and peter will address this it's done july the first of the previous year so there are seven months intervening
1: mm-hmm.
2: where it's not capturing what's happened to the market be no, it and up, then we've, or we've down. seen
1: changes in the past two weeks you know yes. or three weeks right yeah yeah. <laughs> well, listen, we need to take a break right now. Uh, Amanda. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Cause we're going to have a conversation as a group together. If people need to reach you, uh, how can they do that?
2: They can call 250-727-0222 or millsappraisals at
1: gmail.com. Great. Well, we need to take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Now the whole home show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Thanks for coming back. You're listening to the whole home show and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, JP Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitco Law Group for your real estate, wills and and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Bove. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Uh, As a reminder, by the way, if you're a podcast listener, you can download all of our episodes on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, We have we're now at episode 230. I think it's 233. Uh, We've been recording. uh, We're in our fourth season right now. Although uh, this is an important episode for me today, because of course our guests are people that my first guest, the absolute first guest of the whole home show ever had back in January of 2017. So this is like a five year anniversary. Um, It's great to have them on. Uh, We're talking about property assessments today. We just had a conversation with Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group, talking about appraisals and valuation that is done by property appraisers. Uh, We now have uh, on the air Uh, our next guest, uh, Peter Morris. Peter is the author of a book called How to Successfully Appeal Your Property Assessment. Uh, Peter, thanks for coming back. Always a pleasure, Tony. And you actually, you're a regular fixture uh, around here at CFAX too. I met you because I was uh, sent your way by the CFAX producers way back five years ago. It's great to uh, constantly stay in touch with you here about this really important topic How has this year been for you? Because I'm sure you're getting the questions that all of us have about the craziness of property assessment.
0: Yeah, I, I am. I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions about it. But the, one of the things that has changed this year as compared to previous years, I'm hearing a lot more of people talking about your assessment relative to the average. And that's a little misleading. Uh, but, you know, as always, I keep hearing, oh, my assessment went up 35 percent. My taxes are going to go up 35 percent. That's not necessarily the case. OK, let's
1: let's let's hold on to that. So let's talk about that, because that's the big thing that people ask about
0: which uh, is about the assessed value versus versus property taxes. Let's start off actually, Tony, by reminding people how property taxes are put together. So there's three components basically that come together. The first one is the municipality puts together its budget of what it needs to have in order to operate its municipality. That's done in a separate... uh, exercise than the appraisal process or the assessment process. The, so we'll park that on one side. So they create their budget. And how do they get paid? Well, they get paid by taking all of that cost and dividing it equally amongst all the properties within their municipality. Now when I say equally, there are a number of different categories. So the municipality will segregate those costs into those categories. Uh, how big is each category? Well, that's where the assessment comes into play. On the residential assessment, for an example, the BC Assessment Authority goes uh, through its records and it creates assessments for each of the individual properties. And uh, they get a total package. The municipality then takes that total package of assessed value, divides that Uh, cost, uh, that budget, through to that assessed value, and that creates what is known as a mill rate. That mill rate is then applied to your individual assessed value for your house, and that creates your property tax. So overall, if your assessed value, let's say you're in the city of Victoria, the average went up 24% this year. If your assessed value went up 30%, there is a possibility you will pay more than your fair share of property taxes. If it went up 22%, there is a possibility you will pay a little less than your fair share. But let's bear in mind one thing here. Property taxes are divided into two components, the building and the land. So you want to look at not only the overall average, but you also want to look at the average of each of those components in order to determine if you are uh, going to be charged the fair value of your portion of the overall property taxes. I hope that makes sense.
1: Oh, 100%. So actually, the thing that I just caught from you is you were talking about if uh, the averages went up 24% and yours went up 30%. See, I feel like the misnomer is people think, oh, my goodness, tax, the assessment's up 30%. My tax is going to go up 30%. But, but, but if the average is up 24 and you were 30, then you're, you might be talking like a five or 6%
0: spread. It, it not, might e- on- not even five or 6%, it, it, because once you start to divide things out, it could yeah. be a, a one or 2% uh Increase than what you were originally anticipating. Yeah. The other thing, though, to bear in mind is uh, when I've heard this as well, uh, people talk to me and say, well, the city's budget only went up 2.9%, but my assessed value went up 24%. Does that mean I'm going to be paying 24% plus 2.9%? Or if my assessed value went up 22%, not 24%, am I going to be paying less than 2.9%? The fact of the matter is, you're going to pay 2.9% more. It's just they divide it over a bigger number, so uh, you want to be very careful when looking at the word averages. Oh,
1: oh. So, so tr- you know what it just makes so much sense when when you explain it uh, you explain it, Peter. Because uh, I, again, I mean, it's it's uh, it really for some reason this year. Not for some reason. We know the reason. The reason why is properties are up. Uh, they're they're up just that much more. This year but we gotta you know we gotta say not nobody is surprised because we all knew that property values were going up but you know as you just touched on it really just depends on the municipal budget right and it, how much it does uh, how much your municipality needs to, to to run itself for the coming year
0: right exactly and to that point there's also another thing that i hear quite often and people go well if i challenge my assessment Let's Uh say I believe that it is incorrect one way or another, and there's a lot of different ways that an assessment can be incorrect, which we will touch on in just a second. But they say, well, if I challenge it and I have a lower assessed value, does that mean that I won't get the services from my city? And the answer to that is absolutely not you will still the city will still have the money to run because its budget is done separately than the assessment. What you're probably going to see if you have a overall average increase in again, I'll use the city of Victoria at 24%, or I could use the Gulf Islands at 35%. um, what you're going to see is a lower mill rate but it's going to be applied to a higher property value. So it's a little bit of mathematical, you know, jumping around through hoops, but the bottom line is you will end up having the city uh, with a budget that it needs in order to, to operate. I've never heard
1: that one before. Somebody thinking they're going to get uh, fewer services. That's, that's a new oh. one.
0: I've had that, and I've also been in assessment appeal boards where people say, my property isn't worth this because I don't get garbage removal, I don't get snow clearing, I don't get this other stuff. Well, in fact, that has no bearing on the property value. The property value is, as Amanda pointed out, what a willing seller and a willing buyer are going to pay in an open market in a competitive situation.
1: Well, it's just, it's, a, it's it's so complicated, you know. At the end of the day, really, this this whole assessment thing, because um, people people often ask too. Well, if it if it is not a reflection of the value of what I could get for my home, what's the point? But uh, as you've as you've clarified, or you remind us here, it really is a tool that's used in addition to the municipal mill rate just to determine your share of taxes.
0: Right? Yeah, it, it's a way to take that budget and apply it. And I'll say equitably (laughs) amongst, people will disagree with me on that, equitably amongst different asset classes. So so industrial and commercial and residential all have different uh, weightings in how the numbers are applied Um, but there are some things that you and Amanda talked about beforehand that do touch on assessed value why it's really important to look at your assessment notice Amanda as an appraiser looking at what is the property value worth today goes into the property and looks at it today within a very narrow time frame 90 days. So the first thing is remember that the assessed value is from July 1, 2021 in this particular case. So as Amanda pointed out, that was seven months ago, the market can change dramatically as it has. Um, yeah. as it has. And the other point is Amanda goes in and takes a look at the property. Admittedly, at the beginning of COVID, she couldn't do that. But the BC Assessment Authority is a relatively small organization, and there are over 3 million properties across BC in order to be assessed every year. In fact, on Vancouver Island alone, it's well over 328,000 properties. So it is impossible for them to go in and look at every single property. So they have a very sophisticated computer system that basically starts with a number, presumably the number you bought the property at, and then applies an an increase to it every year. But as I pointed out in a previous show, Tony, um, that is not always infallible. And (laughs) basically what the BC Assessment Authority is saying to you um, is the following. Here is what we think your property is assessed at, you prove us wrong. In other words, you tell us either we're correct or you tell us that we're wrong, and there's a lot of different ways that that could be wrong. And the example that I love to use is my well, I've uh, two very quick ones here, Tony. One is my aunt and uncle, and I've shared this before. Um, they bought a property on uh, in Sanich. And it had ocean views, distant ocean views. But over the years that they owned this property, those distant ocean views became ocean glimpses and then a treed vista. As you know, an ocean view generates a higher property value than a treed vista. Um, And so when they bought the property, it was assessed and they bought it on the basis of ocean views. Over time, that changed, but they never adjusted the value of their property for the lack of that. And the computer system just went on over and over and over and over and over again without knowing. The other one was uh, personal to me. I moved from Victoria to the central Okanagan back in the last decade or the last century, actually, (laughs) Um, and I'm that old, uh, in the last century, and I moved from a very high market value uh, community to a low market value community, and I didn't know that, and I was under a time constraint. Uh, Amanda can appreciate this one. Uh, It was not uh, fair and open marketing. I was buying a house from a realtor, Uh, the house was uh, represented by someone else in their office, and I had... 48 hours in order to buy a house, just because of a job transfer. So overpaid for that house. And then when I looked at the market, what was going on around me, my house was valued much higher based upon what I paid for it than the market value. My argument to the appeal board was really simple. My stupidity is not reflected of the market. And I got an adjustment, okay? So there's all kinds of different things that come in that make you want to take a look at, is your assessment accurate? And fair, yeah, so important, so important. Well, hey, listen, we need to take our last
1: break of the day here, uh, Peter. If people need to find your book, what's the best way for them uh, to do
0: so? There's a number of different places that you can go. You can go to attainmentpress.com. You'll yeah. find it there and a worksheet. It's an ebook, or you can go onto Amazon and find it there as well. You won't get the worksheet uh, in either Amazon print or Kindle, but you will find it there.
1: Yes. Very good. Uh, I'll put it also on the uh, CFAX uh, webpage here for people to click the link. Need to take our last break of the day. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe, Having a conversation about property assessments today. We had on earlier Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group. Uh, Peter Morris, who's written a book about successfully appealing your property assessment. Uh, and of course we have our regular, uh, and show partner, Denise Webster from Dominion lending centers, modern mortgage group, Denise, um, question for you, uh, yes. this whole assessment situation here, where does that play? Uh, where does it come into play when people are getting a mortgage, whether it's a refinance or a new mortgage? Like, do you guys look at the assessment?
3: I always look at the assessment. I really do. It's a great starting point for me as a, um, estimated market value, um, You know, when I'm doing a refinance, that's where it's really kind of important to make sure that we think there's enough of a value in the in the home if the client wants to refinance um, the maximum refinance they can do is 80% of the market value. So if my BC assessed value is in a good range, I know that I'm dealing with something that I've got some wiggle room. Um, But as you have all pointed out, um, you know, it's, it is only a starting point. And if that house has never been looked at by BC assessment, and I know they've done upgrades or improvements, I know that value is very, very off, but um, you know, it, if, uh, if the client tells me they've made no improvements, they've lived in the house since it was built, then I'm, I've got a pretty good starting point here. Um, so uh, it's very unlikely that a lender wouldn't want uh, an appraisal, and that will definitely give me a finite uh, market value. So I know I'm really working with the right
1: number, but as a starting point, it's a very valuable number for me. You know, that's a great point because for, for us in the real estate business, and Amanda, I mean, you chime in here too, probably you as well assessed values can come in handy um, just as sort of like a uh, um, uh, like a, 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 a reasonable range, like not the be all and end all, but sort of like, is it a 1 million? Is it a 2 million? Is mm-hmm. it a, or is it a 500? Um, so at the very least, that's that's where it begins, right?
3: And BC assessments also really helpful for me when I can look at um, some recently sold properties. So just scrolling down a little bit, looking at the neighborhood and recently sold, that's a good gauge. They're not usually very accurate um, current dates, but you could get a good idea when you look at something in on that same street uh, that showed an assessed value of 700 and it sold for 950. Yeah. Then you kind of know that this area has all been up and coming and it's selling at a higher point. So again, that's a really great gauge for me.
1: Yeah, and that's the kind of sleuthing you do, Amanda, right? Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sleuthing.
1: So, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> we so, are teasing out value. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Peter, let, let's let's broach the subject of uh, appealing because you know there's I think I feel there's going to be a lot of appeals this year because of the value increases, um, and this is the book that you wrote. So um, let's talk about the the appeal process
0: really quickly. I mean, uh, the first date that everyone should keep in mind is the end of this month. Uh, You must submit your, uh, your notice that you are going to appeal by January 31st. Okay. Uh, In previous years, if January 31st fell on a Sunday, you got an extra day, but we don't have that luxury this year. Uh, So you've got basically two weeks in order to put together your uh, review of your assessment against other properties in the area. Then the next one is there will be a panel hearing sometime in the spring. You will get a notification if you have met the deadline of January 31st. By the way, if you miss the deadline of January 31st, you can no longer appeal this this year's assessment. You have to wait. A- whole other year, and then you'll be appealing that year's assessment. Um, And in that hearing, uh, you will be asked to uh, come before a panel during times of COVID. That is done electronically. Uh, When there isn't COVID, you will be uh, live in person. There will be the assessor, the panel, which is an independent body. Let's make this very clear. That panel is not part of BC Assessment Authority. It's a bunch of independent people. And you have 15 minutes to put together your case. Your case should be factual and based upon the principles of appraisal and uh, for an example they don't care if you don't get snow removal or you know waste <laughs> removal what they want to know is what is the oh, value of the house pardon me so then you get the 15 minutes the assessor from the bc assessment authority also has their time and then the panel will uh, make its decision you will get that decision sometime in the summer as to whether or not your appeal was successful or not, many a time they will give you an indication right at the panel hearing, but that isn't always the case. So you'll get that official notification in the mail and that's how the appeal process works for the first round. If you still disagree, there is a second appeal process, but very few people go there. I was intrigued by the BC Assessment Authority uh, website today when I went on it. They had a a news release from April of 2021 and it said 99% of people agreed with their assessment uh, last year. I disagree with that comment because what it tells me is 99% of the people didn't know to appeal their assessment. So I think the truth is somewhere between 99% of the people agree and 1% of the people agree. Well, I don't know what that number is.
1: Okay. Um, And like, do you know, what is the success rate? Like when somebody goes into appeal, like, because to me, the people that I hear that have gone into appeal, it seems like it never happens.
0: Oh, it does happen. But that's why I say when you go forward, um, I strongly suggest, you know, you've only got two weeks to do your research, but you've got several months in order to build your brief, your case, um, based upon your research. And that's why I have that worksheet that goes with the ebook. It helps you sort of build that understanding. You have to go in on the appraisal methodology, Okay, the comparables, you have to look at (coughs) the comparables. You can't just stand up there and say, my assessment's too high. Well, how do you know it's too high? Uh, I just feel it's too high. Well, you'll fail at that. So unfortunately, the other thing that you have to bear in mind is that the panel is looking at a person who is an appraiser who is hired by BC Assessment Authority. They're in-house staff, but they are an appraiser. Uh, The appraiser is going to vigorously defend their assessment even though it may have been done by a computer, because it's their name on that assessment. And it's the professional reputation. So if you can go in and you present a brief based upon appraisal principles, you can be successful. I've been successful. Uh, Every time that I have gone in, I haven't gone in every time I looked at my assessment. I'm now live in the city of Surrey. My assessment went up 8%. Surrey went up 13%. I'm not touching it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm not touching it at all. So because it could go the other way as well. Um, So directly answering your questions. I don't know that the BC Assessment Authority actually publishes how many people have beat them at their assessment. So
1: uh, for for Denise and Amanda, I got to say, I I had a client uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, buyers, you know, it's just, it's a hard time. It's an unfriendly time to be a buyer right now, right? No inventory. I had a buyer that said to me, well, you know, this house here, how can they ask so much because the assessment is so much lower, right? And um, of course, this has been what we've been talking about this entire episode here. You know, that assessment value is not necessarily indicative of, what the seller is going to get, or, or what the market is, right? Um, you guys most you must bump into this on a regular basis. That that gap between assessed and what somebody's paying, right? Mm-hmm.
2: I would say um, most properties, single family properties, um, are assessed below what the market tolerance is now, i.e. what the- are
1: selling for. But, but some people think that there's a formula. Some people think, oh well if the assessment what's the formula to figure out what the true value is and there isn't, right?
3: No. I quite often tell my client to look at the you know the date the, the home was built and uh, knowing if or if not uh, assessment has actually been done on the house. Um, and when you viewed this house was it updated because guaranteed BC assessment doesn't know this house has been updated. And then I constantly remind them that market value is what is a current buyer willing to pay under the current market conditions. This is what defines market value not BC assessment.
0: Well, there we go Oh, sorry. sorry, I was going to say, I counsel people to just ignore the assessment. As Amanda pointed out, and Denise pointed out, it's a starting point, but it's seven months old, and we're in a hyper hot market right now. The assessment means absolutely nothing except how it plays into your property taxes.
1: Oh, my goodness. So that is the best way to end the show here. So, Peter, yes, pay no attention to the assessed value. Um, but the three of you guys, you all said what a property is worth is what a buyer and a seller together uh, decide it was worth. And, and that is market value. Thank you guys for joining us. This is the this is our fifth anniversary. Yeah. 2017, we got together. And I, I have you guys to thank for this show for even being here because you guys were our first guests. Uh, and it is always great having you all back. Amanda Mills, Mills Appraisal Group. Denise Webster, show partner from Dominion Lending Center's Modern, Modern Mortgage Group. And Peter Morris, author of How to Successfully Appeal Your Property Assessment. Thank you guys all for coming.
0: Our pleasure. Thank you so
2: much. See you next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Happy New Year to all and to everyone else. We'll be here for you this time next week.